here we go, episode 46 of the Hibs Ramble. I'm back, it's Craig hosting this week with Liam and Sean. How are we doing, boys? Yeah, I'm great. You, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Still uh, a wee bit stuffy, but no something I can get over. I can't go over. Sorry, Liam, how are you, mate? Very well, mate. Very tired. It's been a lovely day today. A lovely day to podcast, baby. Yeah, it's been absolutely melting, as they would say. Melting John. Melting John, exactly. Um, Aye, so this week we're going to do a wee bit on the Hearts game. I know we've got a lot of questions about players of the season and things like that and where we go. We're actually going to save that for next week. We're going to do a proper deep dive into the the season next week. The first season of the Hibs Ramble, the first season of Lee Johnson. Um, but firstly, we just want to say um, from all of us, I know Mark's not here, but from all of us, the reception to the drop that we had with um, Stiarna, the clothing drop, the the tracky top that Sean's got on just now. He was also wearing it um, at the game on Saturday. He had done, I don't think he's had it off since he actually got it, to be fair. Um, aye. The response has been genuinely unbelievable. Um, I think when we spoke spoke about doing it, I was kind of sceptical of as if it would even like would it even take off. And then when it launched, when we spoke about oh, kind of if we get a handful, it will be a success. And I think we've had what Liam about maybe six, almost sixty orders or so. Sixty orders already, yeah. And it's only been it's only been available since ten o'clock on Friday morning, but. Um, if you're listening to this now, the deadline will have passed, but we've already sent um, the first batch of pre-orders out to production. So hopefully um, your track tops, t-shirts, bucket hats will all be with you very, very soon. Yeah. Uh, no, we're, we're genuinely... I think when me and Liam first sort of hastily cobbled together the podcast, what was it, maybe a couple of days before the St Johnston game, we kind of said we were going to do it. I know me and Liam sort of done... Uh, Hibs talk from January last year up to the summer we didn't really know what we were going to do after it we kind of just left it where it was and we decided uh, late on that we were going to do it um, and obviously Michael Monin helped us in the very beginning um, you know we wouldn't we wouldn't be here where we are without the contributions of everybody that's been involved the three of us plus Mark plus Michael and then obviously Everybody who's listened, subscribed, liked a tweet, retweeted a tweet, replied to a comment on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. You know, the, the Hibs podcast space is a very, <clears throat> you know, I mean, you've got down the slope and long bangers who've been running for for a good number of years. Obviously, like I said, me and Liam were involved with Hibs Talk, which had been going for even longer than that. Strong opinion, Hibs as well, the guys over there. And we weren't quite sure whether it would take off. We just wanted somewhere where we could talk about Hibs. And I the, and now the response, become local celebrities. Exactly. I'm <laughs> getting asked at least once a game, are you the boy that does a ramble? But no, we are genuinely... I don't know why they asked you, because you're hardly ever on it nowadays. <laughs> I mean, I are you just making the, it up? No, I need to let the wee guys have a shot every now and then. Eh? You, bring the, <laughs> you bring the big guns in for the big episodes. Um, but no, I think on behalf of all of us, um, you know, I know that each of the guys have got their own wee bit to say as well. But on behalf of all of us, we're so appreciative of the support that we've been given 
and it's only the start, baby. It's only the start. The ramble's just getting started. We're just Liam, getting started, baby. You got anything you want to say, Liam? No, I just wanted to say that, listen, we don't take anything for granted. Um, we really appreciate everyone who listens, everyone who contributes, you know, whether it's liking tweets, like you said, or sending in a question. You know, it's uh, we really do appreciate it. You know, when me and Craig started this podcast it was nothing but like a just like a, a hobby and now it's become like a fully fledged sort of operation in such a short space of time you know we were we kind of set ourselves a goal at the start of the season you know hopefully by you know like a a season and a half we'll have a thousand followers we blitzed that um within a, a number of months less than 10 months i think and um, we've now got our own clothing range <laughs> We've interviewed Lee Johnson and Ben Kensel. I mean, if you had told me this at the at the start of the season that um in episode forty six we'll be talking about all this then uh, I wouldn't have believed you. And it's all down to everyone who listens, it's all down to you. So thank you very much. Sean <laughs> uh, you left me a bit speechless, boys. I don't really know what else I can add to that. Uh, well I you need to thank us for getting you on board to be fair. Well, let me get let me get started. So. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought that when Liam asked me to come on for the, the episode about the kit one to fill the gap, basically, when Craig was on holiday, I didn't think that come the end of the season, like I mentioned in my tweet and my Facebook post at the, at the weekend, I didn't think by the end of the season Liam would have me outside Easter Road <laughs> modelling a clothing range for the, the podcast. So here we are. I've I've absolutely loved it. Um I like an excuse to post loads of Hibs content online and the podcast gives me the opportunity to do that through the Twitter, through Facebook, Instagram and stuff like that. So I've really enjoyed that aspect of it as well. Um, and I just like chatting shite about Hibs. Whether I'm right or wrong doesn't really matter. I don't really care. I just enjoy chatting nonsense about the, the club that I yeah, like, like to support, I guess. See, just before we move on, I got a message, and I don't know if he listens, but uh, Scott McIntosh from Amoruso Let's It Run, mm. uh, the Hearts um, YouTube page, messaged the Ramble on Twitter. I don't know if any of you seen it, being like, oh, I've seen someone wearing the new track top down at the front <laughs> at, at Tynecastle on Saturday. And I went, oh, aye, well, it was Sean. Did you not see me next to him in the pink cowboy hat? And he was like, ah, nah, moving on. <laughs> I would see, see once I got down the front for the second half. I was desperate, obviously for us to get a goal, but I really wanted it to be Harry McCurdy because see, full time, I was giving him the trackie and I was making <laughs> sure he was going to have it on. Like. <laughs> uh, Scott's, Scott's a good guy. I'd done uh, Monday Night Football with Scott a good few years ago. Scott's a good guy, despite being of the of the Gorgon. Uh, he's all right for the Jambo, eh? Aye. Talking of Jambos, um, before we do that, though, again, we, th- we want to thank uh, Mikey and the guys at Stiana as well for for working with us to create something that is, you know, the design is an iconic design for, for Hibs fans of any age because it, you know, goes back to that era we are, you know, encapsulates a team that wouldn't die. And we think they've done an incredible job with that, the T-shirt and the bucket hat. So we thank them as well for working with us and we look forward to, to what else we can come up with in the future because I tell you what, between the four of us, We've got some absolutely honking ideas that need to be told no 
so we can get some good ideas out. Um, now I'll, I'll exclude myself to that. Come on, let's be serious. Uh, I think it's well, just you and Mark that I've got the terrible ideas, Craig. Yeah. I, well, in all seriousness, though, I'm, I'm, I was obviously a bit sceptical like you, Craig, when we first started doing it. But obviously when the sample came through and everything like that, the quality of the design, the quality of the clothing, it's it's brilliant. It's a phenomenal piece of clothing and the actual design itself, I matched it up and I obviously showed you the picture. I matched it up to the 91 shirt and it's impeccable next to it. I obviously wore yeah. it underneath on, on Saturday um, and it's, it's brilliant. They've done a really, really good job. So I'm excited to see the other pieces of clothing once they get out and obviously anything in the, in the future that you know we've either already discussed or if this continues going the way it's going then you know hopefully there'll be a, a grown relationship with us and them and have other stuff in the pipeline. Yep. An order so, now for a to get in time for our European tour. Exactly. Well I've already got mines on I'm already in the airport I just need to find out where we're going and then <laughs> we can go. I know at least seven um I'm glad that I was very hard on the fact that I felt Leith should have been included. Um, <clears throat> a couple of the boys thought no. Liam was very hard on EH7. I felt was a bit bland. And the work that what Liam done with combining, so Leith 7, but the E and the H and Leith and the 7 are different colours, so it works all together. It's props to you, Liam. Liam, you've done a hell of a lot of work on this. Um, I've just been the, the pretty face sitting moaning about it in the group chat with the, <laughs> the ideas that I didn't like. So I've already said it to you, but I'm very, very proud of you for the work that you've put in, given everything you've had going on as well. Well, thanks very much, mate. You're going to make me cry. Right, enough. Let's ask fucking questions. Let's go. Come on. Let's get into the game. <laughs> I've had enough. Yes. Yeah, Saturday. Um, I thought it was quite good on Saturday as well that the four of us were together as well. Um, we all met up outside uh, the Murrayfield. Sean, I think you joined later on, maybe Roseburnish. I, I, I parked. I, I got parked about ten past eleven, so I managed to catch you just after the Roseburn. Yeah, we found you somewhere. Yeah, Something we also lovely track top. We were um, outside the Murrayfield High Spirits, a couple of beverages. About old Danger Mouse was there as well, super dried up, ready for <laughs> battle. Um. <clears throat> But now they um, just because of the march before we got into the game, um, the Block Seven lads, they've come under a, a bit of criticism at times throughout the season. But I think when you look at where they started compared to where they are now, um, there, there can only be a point. I mean, you look at it on on Saturday, how many other clubs would have their chief executive joining in? Their march, the director of football, the owner, the 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 owner of the club, joining in. Um, I just think it speaks volumes to to what the Block Seven boys have have managed to build and create over the sort of maybe what eighteen and a bit so months, even if that. Is it, is it that because the first time I seen Block Seven, I think it was the, the game that we won at St Johnston when um, Jamie Murphy scored the last minute winner. So is that? Yes, I thought that's probably a bit, aye, roughly. You know, because I remember them sort of coming together, and maybe one of Maloney's first games mm-hmm. at Easter Road. Maybe it might have been Maloney's first game at Easter Road against Did Aberdeen. Something set up for the Celtic game at Hamden when David Gray was caretaker. 
they had the yeah. oh, oh, they did that. Yeah, so exactly. just before just before that. So it was good even then. I think the, actually first, one of their first games might have been the Rangers game in the cup. Actually, yeah. coming to think about it, so I mean they've only been going well just what just over eighteen months in, so about twenty months or so, and obviously we had them on um, earlier on in the season and spoke about them and what their plans were and and all of that. And I think it's <clears throat> they've they've really encapsulated. Uh, a younger generation of Hibs fans as well. I think you see it, you can see it across sort of Scotland. You look at all these sort of bloggers that are going to like the, even the, the complete non-league games, like the fifth, sixth, seventh tier of football. I mean, even on uh, Sunday, I think, or might have been, yeah, Sunday, Spartans, the wee Spartans ultras, there's maybe only about 10 or 15 of them, but we laddies banging a drum, making noise. Um, can they've, they've done great so far this season and... I think it's it's only going to be positive to see where they go for here, especially if the the sort of rumoured move to the the famous five eventually happens. I hope so. I hope so. I think for the the benefit of you know everyone at Easter Road, I think the atmosphere can definitely be improved. Where they are at the moment, we've touched on it before. It's it's not a great location for them. It'd be like for the way that the sound travels, and you know. We didn't want to say, oh, look at the blueprint from Hearts and that, but Hearts have done the right thing by moving their ultras. I mean, wherever they sit at the moment, I've not got an abs. I've not got a clue, I don't even, I I don't even think they've got. <laughs> Can you hear them on Saturday? So um, they're getting moved behind the goal for next season. And I, I honestly think that that's where I've said it time and time again that's where singing section should be behind the goal that the home team is shooting in their way in the second half. No, I agree. So we we look forward to seeing what the the Block Seven boys have planned moving forward. And well done on a, a successful first full season. I think the fact that the club are even discussing moving you into the traditional family section shows the the impact that you've had on the club overall. And you know, scenes like Saturday under the bridge and that it was I'm not gonna lie, it was torture. Like my eyes were streaming. But Ken, for all the wee kids that were there, like you seen like uh, my laddies when they were there, can their phones are in their hand constantly. They've been watching the videos non-stop since since Saturday. They've been like, oh, that was class. That was so good. That was amazing. Can I love being a part of that? So, aye, to all the Block Seven boys, well done, lads. You know we're a massive, massive supporters of you, and we look forward to seeing what you've got got up your sleeve for next season and beyond. Yeah, can I just say as well that they've come such a long way. From all the sort of controversy and, and that, that that happened when they when they first got together, and it seems like that is such a a long time ago because all that they've done since then has been really really good, yeah. and they've not had any of the incidents like that. I mean, I know we spoke to we spoke to them on the pod, and you know, and they sort of cleared a, a few things up. But listen, they have come such a long way. I think the perception of them around around Easter Road has changed as well. I think there's a lot more people who are more accepting of them yeah. uh, than there was when they first when they first got together. So uh, it speaks volumes about the work that they've been doing behind the scenes. No, I agree, definitely. So on to the game, um, obviously eventually when we, we finally got in, um, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but that policing was an absolute fucking shambles. Police Scotland 
Hibs, Hearts, whoever was involved in organising that are a fucking disgrace. Um, you we'll might know better than me because obviously I jumped ahead um, once we got out the bridge. Did you see Ben or Brian or Ian or that kicking about when you were all in that queue? Like obviously, no, nah. they've been able to skip it, but I would like to think that they would have been able to see that and see the frustrations of the support. The so security officer was standing right on the other side of the horse. Right. Um, on the, the other side of the horse. On the left-hand side, aye. Yeah, so as, as I've, like, so I, I kind of lost the rag at one of the police officers standing there, um, completely showing why absolutely nobody likes them. Vermin is what they are. Um, somebody behind me shouted at the HIB security officer, that's a shambles, and he's giving it a no, a no, and the boy was like, no, you don't even know a fucking thing. Get him, go and stand in the middle of it and see what you know then. So there was a lot of frustrations <clears throat> um, in getting through that. So it's not, you know, we've seen HIBs getting ripped this season for the queues that get trying to get into the, the away end of Easter Road. It's not just a club issue. It's more of a class issue in the way that football fans are treated, but we'll leave that for another day. So when we eventually, <laughs> when we eventually got in, um, <clears throat> the crowd seemed, it didn't seem, even though there was something on the line in terms of, you know, that we had to win, it didn't feel like for the fans it was like a expectant have to win type of game, if that makes sense. I don't know if it was maybe just the last day of the season because it was the last game of the season and there was that kind of jovial mood, kind of sun was out, so everybody was having a bite, having a beer, having a drink, having a good time. I've got a bank, I've got to put the two of them together. Um, I felt weird. It, it felt different to derbies that I normally go to, Liam. I don't know about you, but it just felt a wee bit... It's weird. The, the atmosphere was good, but it felt a bit flat as well. Uh, before the game started, I it was bouncing in the concourse. I I just I, I mean I don't know. Like usually there's a kind of tension when you go to Tin Castle, but that tension didn't seem to be there. Sean, I don't know if you can well, maybe if you I get started, where I'm coming from. But... I start. I, I understand what you're saying in regards to in comparison to previous games at Tin Castle, and I completely agree. In previous games I've went to Tiny, and you can you can sense the nerves, and in the stand, never mind on the pitch. Well, in the away end, anyway. Uh, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was there from a support. I was in row twenty-five initially, and then jumped down beside Liam in the front row in the second half, and there was definitely a a really good atmosphere right up the top. Um, obviously, we were looking right down on it, and we could see as the players were coming out, we could see everyone kind of going for it and going tonto, which was great to see. I don't think, like other games, you know, the tension and the nervousness from the support was there at all. Um, yes, I know we had to go and win it, and I think it was just maybe the support just trying to give a little bit extra right for the off. Um, it flattened out a wee bit at the start of the game, obviously, with the goal. That certainly didn't help, but I don't think it, it really hindered the, the level of support that we gave in that first half at all, because I actually thought it was quite strong the support. No, I, I agree. Like I said, it was weird. It was maybe it was just me, but I felt that it was just very, <clears throat> like maybe it was just that lack of lack of nerves, <clears throat> lack of tension. Um, obviously, there was only 
you know, the team line sort of came out and it was, I think it was only the one change and it was Cadden came back in for CG Egan Riley. Um, and I thought we actually started no too bad. Um, yeah. And it was just the typical, like, the switching off for a set. I know a throwing's not really a set piece, but. Well, they are now, really, in today's game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you look at, I think Lewis Miller got a throw in on the halfway line and it ended up in the fucking penalty spot for us. Um, unfortunately, nothing came of it, but I did for Hearts. They um, kind of broke to Oda on the edge of the box and typical somebody who's not kicked their arse for Hearts ever really manages to fucking bag against us. Um, I remember at the time being absolutely fuming uh, Ellie Yuan for not being goal side. I think maybe I'm being incredibly harsh, but I feel like that is absolutely—it's absolutely criminal that Oda got that shot away, because it's not as if he's ran over the blind side of Yuan. Yuan knows exactly where he is. He's just stood there, and he's just stood still. Aye. Um, and then maybe is there a criticism of Marshall? Could he have saved it? It does come through a crowd of bodies. Uh, Joe Neal just about stretches and misses it. Um, so aye, it was the same old story. Never in the game. And then we find ourselves one 0 down after ten minutes. I saw your um, your message, obviously being very critical of of Marshall at the time in my group chat with my mates. One of them was very critical of Marshall at the time, and everyone else was like having a go at him. And for where I was sitting uh, or standing, sorry, I didn't really see the justification for Slate and Marshall at the time um, because of the amount of bodies. Ellie Yuan for me does need to do better. He's obviously I know he likes sleeping and he goes on about, you know, how much he likes to sleep, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, he wasn't half sleeping there, wasn't he? <laughs> um obviously, as you've already mentioned, Craig, Oda doesn't need to work, doesn't need to do anything to actually get it, he just finds it at his feet, comes through three bodies. But I saw the highlights back later on in the day and I saw every time I watch that goal now, I feel like Marshall's more at fault. I don't know if he could have maybe instead of trying to go down to dive it, he could have maybe kind of like fell on his arse and kicked his leg out. Kind of sometimes goalkeepers do that instead. Yeah. The more I see it, the more I think, is he weighted in diving because he's anticipating maybe a deflection because of the amount of bodies or because he can't see it. I think of it, the the two of them together are, are at fault for me for that goal. Yeah, because it's not as if it's in the corner. No. Um, and then we kind of huffed and puffed Nothing was really happening. There was a couple of sort of half chances. Um, Paul Hanlon kind of ran through in the overlap and it was almost one of those cross-come shot type things. He just placed it quite powerfully that that Clark palmed over. And then we got we got our way back into the game. Uh, long ball up to Nisbet. Nisbet done really well to control it, actually, and played in Cadden. And sort of Cadden sort of runs in on the blind side uh, uh, Cockring and Cockring then decides to bring him down. Um, <clears throat> and then I mean, I don't know if you see it back on the highlights, right? But Don Robertson tries to do a sort of Mike Dean style, he blows the whistle and then does that. Aye, uh, wait, all dramatic. I noticed that on the highlights. He's like, he sort of like does a wee jump with his feet. And then points at the penalty spot. Um, lo and behold, celebrity refs. Yeah, and then lo and behold, we get the what four-minute check on VAR because they'll probably do. They're, 
They probably tried to look, right, have Hibs committed a foul in the build-up? No. Right, has Nisbet maybe handballed it when he's controlled it? No. Has he played Chris Cadden offside? No. Has Chris Cadden handballed that? I think the way the VAR playbook works for Hibs now is that they try and dissect it bit by bit to see what they can rule it out for. Um, when you initially, th- so the, when it when it was given Liam, there was there was chatting where I was. I was like, well, a penalty, but he stays in the park. But if he gets it's a free kick, he gets sent off. Like, what what would you what would you rather have? Would you have rather taken the penalty with eleven men or the way it transpired with the free kick and ten men? Well, to be honest, I was I was in the very very front row at the bottom, and I thought it was just a penalty. I thought he was then checking if it was actually a foul or not. So then when, I mean, I didn't even look at the screen. When he then came back and he gave the red card, I was confused because I was like, oh, I thought you couldn't get sent off if it was a penalty. And then I still believed it was a penalty. And I was like, why is there a wall? It's a fucking penalty. And then I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's a free kick. And I was I was fuming. And then I turned to my dad and I was like, oh, it doesn't matter, he'll score anyway. He scored anyway opposite I said to the I turned to the boy next to me and I was like Nisbet taking it no chance like I, I didn't I was like I'd rather have a, I'd, I would rather even with his record Nisbet have a penalty and then lo and behold I mean I, for me a keeper should never be beat he's near post for a free kick Nisbet does brilliant in the way to actually get the get the tiny gap he's not expecting it like in, in fairness to Clark he's not expecting it to go there the way that Nisbet shoots, I said it the last time, he doesn't shoot with his laces. He never ever shoots with his laces, he shoots with his... But the amount of power he managed to generate on that and the amount of whip is so close as well. Um, <clears throat> and it was good, I think. Nisbet's... One of these goals that looks incredible from behind. Yeah. No, it didn't. It looked... but, um, the way he shaped up made it look like he was going to try and get it around the wall. Right. And you can see Xander Clark takes that little step to his left, and that's that's what covers him really. Eh? Yeah, I think it was good for Nisbet to sort of get that moment. I mean, he spoke during the week about how, um, you know, there was a period where he felt like the connection was lost between him and the fans, um, which you could probably put down to his, you know, the move that he wanted and never got six months after signing for us. Um, but I think you can see since he's came back from his injury in in November. You know, he's, he's goal rate, I think I've seen somebody work it out on, I think it was maybe .net earlier, that his goals per game ratio would have him at 30 league goals over 38 games. He's also, I saw someone say that he scored if he'd two goals less than his highest total in the Premiership, which yeah. was his first season, but he's done it in 14 games for you. Yeah, so he's been, I think he's been, you could see it sort of a couple of games in, he was like a man possessed. Um, and I think you know the, <clears throat> especially getting a goal, you know, getting the goal at Easter Road against Hearts, kind of built that goodwill back towards them, so to speak. And then obviously getting a goal, getting that goal on Saturday definitely did. Um, and it's chances are he's going to be away in the summer. Um, what a memory to leave on the way. Yeah, I know. I think I we only drew, but it's it's a great goal and and a at an important time. Celebration yeah. was good as well. Oh, it was a, uh, that was a good that. Well, when we have our have our awards next week, that'll be in there amongst the uh, limbs of the season. We'll have a good few cat, good few um, options for limbs of the season. And then we got so we go on at half time. <clears throat> Again, nothing really happened after the goal. 
a couple of changes. Jago goes off. Lewis Miller went off. I thought Miller looked. Miller took a dunt. I think. So just, I, just quickly, Craig, before we move on to the changes, Joe Neal's chance in the first half. Do you think he should do better? Was that the one? Was that the header? I've not no, watched nah, the header. Nah, it comes back. So it's Clark, a long, long ball back post gets headed back. He's free because we're, they're down to ten men, and he's like leaning back the whole way. Xander Clark saves it. Goes out for another corner. Mm. Am I being too critical and thinking he should maybe do better because mm. he was free the whole time? I don't know. It's on the keeper's side, isn't it? So it's quite hard, quite hard for him to. Quite hard. My criticism is just because he's free the whole time. He's free at the edge of the box. He comes in late. There's no need for him to be leaning so far back because he's coming onto the ball. So if he just gets over it and keeps it low, it's in. Yeah. Who was it that had the chance? It was Miller had the header as well that he should. Was it Miller? Aye. Miller. Miller gets away for. That German boy that plays in the middle of the park. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Um, and he's all over him. So maybe if he goes down, he could have ended up actually getting a penalty. But he gets away free. He's like four yards out. Headers it's it. A, it's a really, goal. really... It's harder to miss that one. Eh? Like it's, I don't even that was a huge like, chance. I thought it was in. I don't remember that one. It just, it, I think it, it was right at the, the end target. of the that's, that's the main issue for me. He's that close and still misses the target. It's another great chance. It's just one of the ones that happens in a derby, the way like you, those those ones are only the ones that go in. Uh, as we've we seen later on with Will Fish as well. Um, couple of changes at half time. Henderson and McCurdy came on um, for Jago and Miller. Jago again. It was the same. I think the same as the Celtic game, just because we needed to go for it. We needed to win. Um, having Jago in the park when you need to go for a goal isn't he the greatest thing. Thought he had a good first half though. Nothing really went through him. Nothing really. Did his job. He did his yeah. job, as he always does. Um, but I, there's, I know we had the chance with with Fish that hits the post, but second half was really just so huff and puff. Like nothing. Like I, I don't remember anything else of note. Paul Hanlon had a good header. Paul Hanlon had two good chances. Yeah, Paul uh, Allen, uh, uh, a brilliant save for Xander Clark. Yeah. Oh, sorry, aye, there was the, aye, one, one of the saves for Clark. Aye. I'm all over the place tonight, lads, sorry. Harry McCurdy uh, uh, as well, uh, other shot on targets. Uh, no, volley, volley went over the bar. No, at the start of the half, start of the second half. He, he was doing the right-hand side and he tried to find uh, it. Tried, he should have put it further across goal, he should have done better with that, should have tried to cut across. Ellie Yuan has a great chance as well, but they, they dive in last second as well. And... McCurdy's chance right at the death where he's, he's seen his name up in lights when he should have just passed it one over to Will Fish. Um, yeah. No, but we, we all wanted McCurdy to score. Oh, of course, no, but I'm no just saying, as a player in that position, you should be able to try and you know slow it down in your mind and be able to see the better option. And unfortunately, yeah. like times, McCurdy's the, was the best option. He's caught it on the way back up and he's leaning back. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was that far over though, was it? Uh, it yeah. was. I watched it. I watched the highlights. Oh, was one. it? Aye. Uh, see, I've no, I've no watched the highlights, but the only thing I've seen back is the, is the hips goal and the scrap. Aye. The overriding thing for me about that second half was it was just a very poor, poor performance. Um, I feel like the the urgency of the first half was lost, but I don't know if that was because Hearts were then trying to kill the game. Which they did, I mean, very well with their time wasting techniques and their wee stupid ball boys and all the rest of them, stupid fans and their 
stupid players. Uh, I, I think Hearts just did a really good job of making sure that they weren't going to get beat yeah. um, and killed our momentum every time we were, we were slightly building it back up again, which but is annoying. Just, we just ended up, we just lumped it in the box. When the the opportunity, we've seen it a couple of times, the opportunities, were, I think probably what, obviously what hindered us was the fact that our two right-sided players going off with Miller and Cadden. Cadden looking like he's got a ruptured Achilles, which is a horrendous injury, which will probably be at least, you're probably looking at nine to 12 months on the shelf. Um, and then Stevenson going off on the left as well. I don't know if it was just because he was booked or maybe... I think, I, I would I imagine it was just because he was booked. But well, see, when, see when Cadden goes off, you can see there was a real change in, you know, tempo from us. And it was just a real drop off from that. I don't know if he goes off with like 20 minutes to go or something. I just remember after the 70th minute, we just weren't able to create anything. Craig, you mentioned in the chat about Kai Rose. I think it was you anyway. It was either you or Liam mentioned about Kai Rose. Aye, we just didn't. Why, why not put Ellie Ewan on the right hand side? I didn't even realise that Kai Rose was playing until was about five game. minutes to go. Do you know what I mean? Is we just stopped doing what we were doing. And then I actually I've I've seen Lee Johnson come under a bit of criticism in regards to the, the Mikey Devlin change for Henderson. But I actually I said to Liam at the time, I actually don't mind that. I understand why Henderson off because you've kind of got to go for it. You've got to throw the kitchen sink in at that point. And I understand why you put Mikey Devlin on and steady hop or I don't really hope anyway as it is, but I don't think he would have contributed any more than Ewan Henderson did in that whole half. So yeah. I understood why he put Mikey Devlin on. The frustration I had is that we didn't utilise his threat anywhere near as much as we should have for the time that he was on the park. Yeah. The first two long balls hit McCurdy on the head when you've got Paul yeah. Hanlon and you've got Mikey Devlin. And the rest up. of them hit no one. I know. And uh, Craig, I know you disagreed with me at the time in the chat, but for me... When we get into that last 10 minutes, at that point, we're all, the only thing we were doing was going long. A lot more, for me anyway, the responsibility falls on the players about just trying to do the right thing in regards to be able to read the game. Yeah. I know a lot of responsibility comes on Lee Johnson as well, and I get that because he should have been able to try and do a little bit more, albeit he was kind of gubbered with some of the injuries and that that we got. It was just, like you've already said, it was really, really frustrating the last 20 minutes and just was hard to watch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would be too negative, but what frustrated me was the quality of the balls that were getting punted long, and it seemed like I could see what we were trying to do, like in the in the early stage in the early stages of the first half, second half. Sorry, I'm all over the gap here. The early stages of the second half. Obviously, we were trying to get down the sides of them, get ourselves, work ourselves into the box and attacked them that way. And I, I felt like it was working up to a point, but then we just sort of ran out of ideas when we got into the you know, the more deeper part of the final third. Yeah. But, you know, see, when it came to those last 10, 15 minutes, uh, including the injury time, like you said, when we had Mikey Devlin on and had all the, like, the big laddies up front, the, the quality of the deliveries into those players was... It was really poor, and I understand. Obviously, it had been a long game. There was what seven, eight minutes added on to the first half, and eleven or something added on to the second. Yeah. Um, so, or was it eleven? Was it as much Nine. as that? Nine. Nine. Yeah. So, and that's what that's what I think we should have maybe just 
trusted the players that we had on the park. And this is kind of where my criticism comes for Lee Johnson with the Shabaya change. I think Stevenson should have stayed on. He's experienced enough. Um, the yellow card. It's not like they were. I, I don't think they were attacking either in any way, shape, or form. They did. They had zero intentions of getting any more than two players past the halfway line. Plus, they took Aye. they took Ginelli and Oda off, and that's their main. That was their main, you know, pace threat. So yeah. there wasn't anyone on the park, in my opinion, that could really, well, burn Louis Stevenson for pace. I mean, there were probably players who could get by him, but you know, you'd probably. Nine times out of ten, well, for well, that's nice. nine times out of ten players. You just made Craig's where I'm kind of get more frustrated as well because they weren't at any point interested in getting past the halfway line. They didn't want to attack at all. Lauren Shanklin wasn't interested in turning and facing our goal. He had his back to goal the whole half. Yeah, and that, that's where I would want my players to be a bit more game smart and. Yeah, you want to try and feel the player and try and feel the ball and try and win it and force them back. But you don't want to get too close in that instance because you've seen Ginelli goes down, wins a free kick that was never a free kick because him and Joe Neal come together on the halfway line. Yeah, Fish does it with Shanklin two or three times as well. And Ryan Portress was really good at it. And Hearts were really, really good at it at the weekend. And it was it was really, really frustrating to see. And then next thing we know, they've got a free kick. They kick it in the corner. Five minutes later... We still didn't have the ball back, and it just that that was the last twenty minutes. Uh, it was so many needless, like you say, they needless fouls, getting the ball <clears throat> in areas and doing that fucking like pitching wedge type cross yeah. to the back post. It just it just wasn't it coming. We were uh, never winning the second balls either. Any of the long balls that Joe Neal was putting in, sometimes Josh Cam- Josh Campbell puts a really good ball in once. Yeah, it came off on the, the end of it, right through the face of goal, and aye. Even if, I think I said to you at the time, Sean, if one player gambles or even a Hearts defender sticks a foot out, you know, chances are it's probably going to end up in the net. Yeah. But it just felt like we were, we were just a shade off at every moment when we got in at the final up third. And it was frustrating because we had we had an awful lot of good possession yeah. in, in that area of the park. We just couldn't really, couldn't really capitalise on it, which is frustrating, yeah, but it's kind of been the tail of the season. They eh? get a lot of good possession in those moments at, at the top end of the park, and then we've not really been able to turn it into goals. But you can obviously see that what Lee Johnson is wanting Just to do is the lack of quality. Is, yeah, no, but you can see, like, to turn the coin on its head, you can see what Lee Johnson's wanting to do, and you can yeah. see that it's working to an extent with the players that we've got. So, realistically, in the summer, how many? Like how many quality players are we going to bring in? Three or four to slot into that team? Yeah, I think it's just like you say, Sean. It's kind of well, the two years I've said it's kind of like just symbolic of the season. I think the frustrating part for me is that we've played so many games against ten men that what we've done on Saturday just seemed to go completely against what we've done in the past. In the past, we were patient, we were probing, we looked for opportunities, we waited for opportunities, whereas. It was almost on Saturday, but we were just trying to force it too much. I mean, to the point where you see it, where we're playing against 10 men and Joe Newell was playing as a sweeper on the ball. It's the occasion, wasn't it? Harry McCurdy's dropping to the halfway line to go and get the ball. Like, that was, like you said, Sean, game management. That, that to me, was the players not knowing what responsibility to take. 
Yeah. So it's probably it was obviously a sense of desperation, though, Craig. No, I, I understand. I get that. I get that. But I mean, it's if you know, in January when we were screaming, you know, when there was calls for Johnson to get the get the chop, we got beat off Hearts twice in the space of a couple of weeks, and there was folk actually putting money on us, money on us with the bookies to finish in the relegation places, and would we have taken fifth and a Celtic Inverness Cup final for us to get into Europe? Absolutely, you're the bit, you're the bit the hand off. Just a overall frustrating when you look at Aberdeen. We scudded them six nothing. They were nowhere. That six nothing was the catalyst for them to change, and they went on an incredible run to seal third. Um, obviously, congratulations to Hearts for finishing fourth uh, in a one horse race for third. Well done. <laughs> um, well done. They, took, they, they absolutely hipped finishing third. Yeah, well done. Embarrassing. Uh, Stevie Naismith for absolutely shitting his breeks off uh, Rocky Bushiri and uh, well done to Ross Stewart the Hearts sub-keeper whose uh, moment of his Hearts career has been knocking the cap off of CJ Egan Riley's head and they threw a water bottle as well yeah hot water bottle at Lee Johnson yeah so who the fuck needs a hot water bottle in May for a start and two um, what a season for the best Hearts team that there's ever been the Bret Hart of Scottish football, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, according to them, against what they've also said is the worst Hibs team of all time. And Relegation bound Hibs. The team that doesn't celebrate draws were celebrating a draw. Aye, they were pretty mental at getting a draw. Like. They were celebrating a draw at a full time on Saturday. So They also good. celebrated a draw at St Mirren and they also celebrated a draw at Rangers as well. So congratulations to Hearts on winning at Love Street, winning at Ibrox and beating us on Saturday. Yeah, and like I say, that all culminates in the finishing fourth in a one-horse race for third-place trophy. That is... Um, well that done, is, Hearts. Well done, Hearts. That's going to take some beating. Do you um, want to say well done at Hearts, Sean? Well done, Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, like I say, we'll go into a proper deep dive next week about the games and the way the season's panned out. Um, etc. And for the last time this season, what we have got is we have got a Tyne Castle pie review. Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? So, Sean, yes. yes, we do. It's been so long since I heard that jingle. <laughs> so long. You have got a review for us. Can you please first state the type of pie that you purchased at Tyne Castle Park? Steak pie, of course. Sushi pie. pie. Naturally. Just making sure. Right, well, Sean, the floor is yours. Take it away. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks to the boys for confirming what the categories were because it's been so long since I've reviewed any pies and I think I've only maybe reviewed four or five all season. So hopefully, big improvement. Okay. Did. So. No big improvement needed for myself next season. Don't worry, lads. I will be committed to content in the new season. Uh, crust was a two. On the face of it, the pie looked really, really good. Um, it did look delicious. It was a wee bit toasty on the top, a wee bit brown, caramelised on the top. So I was a bit sceptical, considering my sister picked a better-looking pie, which I was not happy about, but here we are. Um, once I got into it, yeah, the crust was a bit too hard. Um, perfect liftage, though. And that's the only thing that saves the saves the points in that category. 
Filling was a four. Overall, very, very happy. Not too dry, not too wet. Um, pie was dripping just the right level. <laughs> Another mug. Sean's all about the euphemisms, eh, when he comes to talk about pies. Um, the, the temperature of said pie was a, a nice a nice four as well. Um, was I'm it nice and warm I'm, when you went? I'm not, I'm not going to say what I was going to say there. Uh, so yeah, te- te- temperatures are four, temperatures are four. Price was a two. No, you're not getting to move on until you say what you were going to say. Um, <laughs> it made me feel nice and warm inside. Uh, I'll just I'll just go with that instead. Uh, so it was a nice it was a nice temperature and it, it filled me up well, <laughs> like like most pies should do. Um, and yeah, prices are prices are two. I think it was it was either three fifty or three sixty or some shit like that. Not happy with that at all. Um, so that's an overall 12, if my Trinent maths are correct. I think that's a good score on the pie chart. I think my thing It's a half-decent score. I think it's a, it sits middle of the road. Yeah, I my think pie at Tynecastle Island this season was actually quite good, to be honest. Yeah. I've had a better... The best... I think uh, Tynecastle pie was all right when I had mines there. I'm pretty sure... Aye. I think my score was maybe about 13-ish for, for the Hertz pie. Yeah, it was solid. Like it was solid. It was good. I think what I'm going to do for next week for the for the complete season roundup, I'm going to need to tally up all the scores, find out the average score of all the all the grounds, and just give the grounds that haven't been filled in of you, Mark, and uh, Craig just the average score, and then see who comes out as a winner. Yeah, I, I think it will be. Ross County. Ross County. Yeah. Ross County was great. Kelly was also great. I think I have rated Kelly higher than Ross County. I but think... on reflection, I remember that Ross County pie was really good. But I was pissed, so it probably was better. I know it was um, pre me ram- uh, joining the Ramble, but the best pie I've had this season was uh, Bonnie Rig Rose Away. Well, no counting that. No counting the, the fucking league cup. I know we're not. I'm just saying it was before I joined anyway. I'm just plus, telling you the best plus, pie. Uh, wouldn't they count? I think my best pie was the before the under 17s game. The under 19s game, sorry. That was really good. That was a good Easter. And it was an Easter Road pie as well, which was all the only more- time I've had a good Easter Road pie was at the under 19s games. Yeah. No. I think my best pie at Easter Road was uh, when Mark and I went to Pioneers and we had a tremendous day. When we beat Aberdeen 6 0. But then again, I was absolutely reeking, so you probably could have given me a cat food pie and I would have enjoyed it. I'm sure me and Sean went for a, I went for a Scotch and steak combo that day. You did, die. A Scotch and steak combo? Yeah, because I'm sure I took a pie because I took an extra pie because I knew that you were in hospitality. So I felt like I had to buy an extra one to make up for it. And I'm sure I was too busy eating it when Aberdeen went down to, or I think Hibs scored. One was, was one was like falling apart mid goal. Yeah, I remember. And I just kind of sat and went. Oh, we used together in that game. I yeah. Sean came and sat next to me. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, you never come and sit next to me, Sean. <clears throat> the better half of the Ramble were together that day. Yeah. The working well, class. Me, me I came and sat. I came and sat next to you at Tiny, hoping that we would have a a goal to celebrate together on the pitch. But well, to be honest, I'm actually I'm going to say this now. 
I'm not glad that we didn't score because obviously I wanted us to win. But in terms of scared for your life, my personal safety, I, I was glad we never scored because I, I don't know when that the last time you were down the front. Matter. Can he be health and safety signed off? No, sure. I'm telling you right now, that is that does not okay. meet any obligations. It's a, it's a joke. It's like I like if if we scored then people behind us are going metal. Big Horvath was behind me. I mean, if he had fallen into me, I would have been fucking great cheese. I actually think it's worse having that there because see if that wire is not there, you've got someone in the row in front who's standing right up against the barrier. I know who's not going to go over it. But that's what I'm saying. If you're in, if you're in that row in front and that wire is not there, you're not going to go over the barrier because you're already forced into it anyway. Whereas when they've got that wire, the only thing that was in front of us was the ground. So if someone came on top of us, we would have rolled onto the pitch and wouldn't have had a choice. Whereas if somebody was in front of us, we would have just fell onto them and they wouldn't have been on the park. I would understand, see, if they just didn't sell the front row, and but they never put the chicken wire there. But no, we're kind of getting off topic. But I was I was genuinely, and I say that to you at the time, Sean, didn't I? I was genuinely concerned for my well-being. I was, I was not happy with the... With a setup at Ten Castle, but thankfully we never scored. Disgusting. I'm fine. Thing. I'm here to tell the tale. Well, now that we've moved on from Sean's pie review, we'll go for our last episode-specific listener questions. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. And I believe either one of you two have got the questions collated because I don't have access to the gram. Right, well, I'll I'll go through all the questions. I'll do the Twitter first and then I'll read out the Instagram. Craig, like you said, like, like you said there are a few that we'll carry on to, to next week because there are a few that are specific to end of year and player of the year stuff. So don't worry if your question's not getting read out. It's getting saved in the bank for next week. And if it doesn't get read out next week, tweet us and abuse us and we'll direct it at Craig because he'll be hosting. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, uh, Big John. I completely forgot that we saw John on the march. Yeah, that was cool. Um, John, that was, he just, that was he just, a dream come true for me, to be honest. He never said anything. The first thing he said to us was, what are you having for your tea? What we, a boy. We just knew who that was. John, your question will never be ignored here on the Ramble. You're always the first one answered. Yeah, we'll never, we'll never care whether you call it tea or dinner, because no. in my eyes, it's the same thing. Yep. He says, "Good to see you, boys. What's for tea? Forget about this season and let's look forward to 23-24. What's for tea, lads? I had a mac and cheese already, and it was delish. Oh, here we go. You can bet your house." On Sean Corrigan having pasta for dinner. No, you can't, Liam, because the last two weeks I've not had it. Remember? Well, I've said before, you've got a very easy formula to stick to. You just have carbon chicken. But obviously, you never had any chicken in your mac and cheese. Correct. Or did you? No, I didn't. Are you one of these fucking freaks that puts ketchup in their mac and cheese? I bet you are. No, I bet you are. He is, Craig. He definitely is. That fucking deviant behaviour is reserved for Billy Sterling and Billy Sterling alone. Disgusting, to be honest. At King of the North 31 on Twitter, I'm actually going to directly call him out for it. <laughs> Get your shanties out that chat. If I ever see that 
fucking fusilli style pasta. We melted. That's the worst pasta as well. We melted cheese. Not even a sauce, but tomato fucking ketchup on it. Like there, there, there will be repercussions if I ever see anything like that. <laughs> Do you think it's just a chukter thing? He's he has put in in the time that I've known Billy, in the time <laughs> that we've known Billy, he has put in some amount of shite teas into that group chat. Mind the chicken kebab that he put in, and it, it looked like the chicken was still clucking, still laying fucking eggs. The chicken had literally been cut off the feathers. <laughs> it was that, brutal. He said it that, tasted good. I went, the things he like. It was that, green. That last thing they fucking sent me over the edge, and I will be a very angry man if I ever see anything like that ever again. And for Matty, I had oh. just just for Matty, I had uh, two baked tatties with cheese and beans. Oh, I love a baked tatty. Yeah, I love a baked tatty. I've not had my tea yet. Are we real yeah. for Matty? Probably having a takeaway, Liam. I'm not having a takeaway actually. Uh, I've I've cooked the takeaways. You'll be glad to hear. What for, um, for tonight? You're I'm having. I'm having chicken and chorizo uh, skewer things from Aldi's with some rice. Oh, I like that. Yeah, uh, we like the packet spicy rice. See, just going back to mac and cheese, right? Ketchup is a big no-no. Of course. Craig, but would you be adverse to like putting like hot sauce in it just to make it, give it a wee bit of a kick? It's like Frank's hot sauce. I wouldn't be putting in hand over it. Personally, no, uh, I'm no, I'm not saying smother it. No, but like put a put a bit in, stir it around. I'd maybe a, a dash of, I'd maybe put a dash of chippy sauce in it. Oh, that's weird. That's worse than ketchup and mac and cheese. You fucking weirdo. You'd have you'd have brown sauce and chips and cheese. Aye, but it's not the same, is it? Well, it kinda is. Well, it's not really. It's pasta and cheese sauce. It's carbs, cheese, and sauce. Oh, honestly, you'd damn a fucking nothing, <laughs> You would not, you would not put chippy sauce in mac and cheese. No, I wouldn't. I just wanted to see your reaction. Aye, honestly, I was about to come round to your house and strangle you. Right. Okay, we'll move on because this is obviously getting a bit hostile now. Um, this one isn't a question, and this was this was the the first one that I seen when we put the tweet up. It's from Barry Gordon, and he says, "Not a question." But just to say, congratulations on the first season of the podcast. Really enjoy it, and it's getting better as well. Keep up the good work, guys. Uh, Barry, we really, really appreciate um, that feedback, mate. Um, we're glad that you enjoy it. We're glad that you enjoy our nonsensical opinions. You'll not enjoy the last five minutes of you bickering about mac and cheese, though. Well, he might. He might. He and might. Barry, if you're listening to this, can you please get in touch and tell us if you were to put a sauce in your mac and cheese, what would it be? Ketchup, chippy sauce, or hot sauce? For context, I'm going to put the photo that Billy sent in up. That so is brutal. That is brutal, by the way. talking about, because it's the worst thing I've ever seen. That is, that is really, really bad. Really bad. Um, next up, Colin McLennan. Well done, guys, on keeping us entertained throughout the season. Looking forward to your European Adventure podcast. Don't jinx it. Uh, after last night's Player of the Year awards, who was your Player of the Year and why? I'll go first. Josh Campbell, because he is fantastic. That's I'll keep it till next week, Liam, as we agreed before we started. Well, Sean, who's your Player of the Year and why? 
we've already set aside next week to, to go through all of that. So Well, I'll no need to turn up next week. Josh Gamble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, it is Billy. He's talk of the devil, and he shall appear. Uh, he says, can't believe you have made fun of my fusilli and cheese and kitten eyes. No. <laughs> he says, uh, let's look forward to next season then. What colour of away and third kit are you hoping for? Well, we'll come to you first, John, since you're, you're the kit expert. Um, I want to see a purple purple one. Hopefully a purple mm-hmm. and green striped one would be delish. Um, I do love a white one, but I think it'll be yellow. I think there'll be a purple. I think there'll be a purple one. And I think there'll be a yellow based on the last couple of seasons that we've had and what we've had. Craig, I don't know what a yellow one. It seems as if we've had an overkill of yellow. Yeah, I love a I yellow. The only reason I say the only reason I say yellow though is because I think one of them will be purple and green, or at least purple. So we can't then have a white one because we then fucking struggle to go to Celtic Park. Yeah, I, think, I think with this pick, I prefer white. But it's only really been in the last like what three four years that we've actually had a guaranteed third kit. Yeah. So we're kind. We used to go through that like white, purple, yellow, black rotation, whereas now we can't really do it because we're getting two of the same colours. That's I've, why we've got the Shan one that you've got on, or the the dark yeah. grey one the year before. I or, quite like that one. The one that Craig's got on. I quite like that one. The worst one was that grey thank you NHS one. That's the worst kit. Oh, that was horrible. Oh. Horrible. And then he's got the Shan purple on it as well. Yeah. The I Shan think... purple that actually looked like blue. Yeah. Minging. Yeah. And then they just used it for the goalie kit. I think we wore it once. Are we still I thought, I thought we inclined that one of our away or third kits might not have the normal badge on it. I hope we save that. Well, that's what I thought for this I season because of suspicion. what happened with the like all like the the media stuff, and they like started focusing on the harp and the ship and the castle. They normally hint towards what they're going to be doing next season, or they have maybe not this season. Maybe they've got away from doing it, but the last couple of seasons, the media stuff that they've used, they've linked towards potential colours of kit the following season. Mm. So just because in all their interviews they've been using the harp or they've been using the castle or the ship, I wonder if they're maybe going to incorporate that into maybe the design of a shirt mm. or even just get rid of a badge and, and maybe put that in. I don't know. I think yeah. with Joma as well, we've got a good chance of it actually being, like a, if, if we're going to do a, a throwback sort of shirt, like a purple and green stripey one, it's going to be better than the pishy Macron effort that we had. That, again, was... One I like that one, the purple and green macaron one. I thought that was really good. Good effort. Mm-hmm. Nah, I didn't like that one as much. I like the more blocky stripes when it comes to a stripey strip. Yeah. But I'm going to say I love a yellow strip, but I think you're right, Craig. It has been a bit of overkill. Yeah. Um, I really like the black one this season. I, th- I would like another white one, but like a full white one. Like a Galacticos white. Um... Aye, and then white and purple, that'll do me. Mm-hmm. Next up, Gav Dick. I'm not going to dig out for your spelling or your grammar because I'm not Craig and I don't care. Love the pod this season, along with others, long bangers and down the slope. Was yesterday the best chance to finally stick it to them pricks across the city? Felt like we never created clear-cut chances. None of the subs, maybe except Chabria, made little impact. Yeah, I just feel like the impact Brian made was a pish one, if I'm honest. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) 
know, every every time that every time the ball got to him, he either made a misplaced pass or put a woeful ball in. I think it was odd ball. to chuck him in, given that we've not seen him in such a long time. I, I, had I no feel like it was a weird game to throw him into. Um, next up, Ali Turnbull. Uh, given this was always going to be a transitional year, at the start of the season, particularly after the horrific League Cup campaign, would you have taken fifth? And what are the areas you would like to see a strengthen going into the new campaign? I would have taken fifth in a heartbeat. And I think we need... If Nisbet goes a new quality number nine, a new quality goalie, and probably a number ten. Yeah, nine and a ten for me. Yeah, completely agree. For me, are imperative going into. Which is have taken, which is have taken fifth before the season started. Mm. Not before the season started, no. In or January. A, no, sorry, after the after the league cup campaign. No, because they've still got pretty much the whole season left. Yeah, no, I would have, I, I would have thought fourth and above would have been acceptable for me. But, even, in, uh, even in January, Craig, when we spoke uh, and everyone were putting their money on us to finish, you know, bottom two, I still fancied us to, if we could yeah. get in the top six, I still fancied us to get into a European spot. What if, what if someone had said, after the League Cup campaign, you'll finish fifth, but you'll beat Hearts at home, you'll beat Celtic at home, uh, you'll get a last-minute equaliser against Rangers, last-minute equaliser against Hearts? I'd be worried about all the other results that we had and how poor they were then. <laughs> if yeah. we'd done all that and only finished fifth. Yeah, that's, that's fair, and that's what that's that's the type of thing we'll go into next week where the season actually did, where the season was won and lost, so to speak. Dundee United games. <laughs> yeah, uh, JW has asked, "How do you make a great podcast in one season like this one? Luck, sheer luck." Now you get four, four supremely high football and IQ guys. Who all support the same football team to sit down and talk about their favourite football team? Yeah, and three of them have got to be good looking. Yep. I'm the anomaly in that. Yeah, group. Craig misses out just. Just. I say just, but I don't mean just. I mean by a long, a long country man. Yeah. Sorry, Craig, but. It's got no, to you're fine, mate. Just you and your friends just keep going. <laughs> do, you, do you not like it? Actually, yeah. I need to get a haircut, to be honest. Don't get the but, same one you got the last time. Yeah. Well, listen, I will be having absolutely no haircut slander for you, Sean. I need a trim. He's the size of mainland Europe. Jesus Christ. Well, hopefully I'll be in mainland come the summer. Shut your noise, wee man. For a shout out for you. He's saying this all, but Ken, he was really nice to you when we did that photo shoot. I could see that exact same thing to you, Liam. You were right up my arse. You were picking me right up taking those pictures. I you even, even bought me a drink afterwards. Again, yeah. £17.50 for three drinks. A bloody joke. One of them wasn't even bloody alcoholic. <sighs> know that I'm hanging on to it, though. I'm not hanging on to it. I'm letting it go. Right, next up. James Kinnebrough. I think we all know Hearts have been better than us over the course of the season, and it shows in the league table. We don't deserve to be above them, and we don't deserve to be in Europe because we've not been good enough over the course of the season. And if Celtic win next week, I feel it would be a gift for this Hibs team to play in the European competition next season, as we've not earned it ourselves. True, That's but a... we might be able to use it as an incentive to bring in better players. Yeah. And it gives have... us an excuse to get ready players. We have earned it, though, because if we're finishing fifth and fifth gets a place in Europe, then that's... We've kind of stumbled our way in, but I feel like we've done enough 
over the course of the season to men. Not since, not since the split we've not. We've we've got one of our highest ever point tallies in the top six. No, that no, that's what I'm saying. I think we've done we've done well over the course of the season to merit where we finished. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um next up, Harvey Scott. Should Rocky have two footed Naismith after he went at our favourite midget? <laughs> I personally don't think Rocky did enough. I think he should have been writing about it. Naismith's Naismith's breeks were absolutely chock full. Stephen Naismith is the biggest shine bag in Edinburgh Lowdowns in Fife. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Absolute freak show bastard. I hate him, eh? I absolutely hate him. Yeah, he's very very quickly rising to that Skatchel level uh, dislike that that I sort of base my dislike for people on. It's fine, he won't be on the job longer. I hope he is. Because he's shy at being a manager. Yeah, then he'll get sacked if he gets given the job. He ain't, he ain't doing well at all. Not a yeah. chance. Tactically, he'll get found out. Mr Sketchers has said, favourite moments of the season. I imagine we'll talk about that next week, Craig. Yeah, we will. So I'll, I'll not give a spoiler and say my favourite moment of the season, although my favourite moment of the season was going viral at uh, Livingston Away. <laughs> doing, uh, doing my dance. I was also uh, just in case. You, I, you were walking behind me, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't count, mate. It doesn't count. And the dance only came about because you were looking at me and celebrating. Yeah. I didn't even know where you were. Oh, no. That's a lie. No, it was. It was because of you, Sean. I know. But also, what you thanks, to, thanks to Callum Laidlaw for having his phone out at that exact moment. I think he's seen me and he was like, I'm definitely filming this coming. Yeah. Right. Next up, John told me. Got a lot of time for this question, you know. Is there a place for Melkerson in the team next season? And the main question is, why is Leith 7 the best clothing ever? And I'll tell you what, John told me was, I think, the first or the second order when we went live at 10 o'clock on Friday. Hi, John. Um, so, love that for you, John. Um, Milkson in the team next season, I, I don't think he's actually played an awful lot while he's been at Sparta Rotterdam. Nice. Um, I, don't, I don't actually think he's started a single game for the first team. I would be... He's played a grand total of about 11 first team minutes as well. Yeah. I think he's got to be given a chance, but um, you know, you never know. Right, we're going to try and get through because I've just been informed by the producer that Craig, his laptop has uh, has got minimal charge. So let's just, go just quick. Just quickly fire. on the one, I'm quite interested to see what physical shape he comes back in as well. Well, it looks it looks like he's been doing a little bit of work over there on his Instagram and that. Hopefully, he can push on a bit. Right, quick fire. So, Sean, you're not allowed to answer any of these. Neil <laughs> Renton says, who thought it would be a good idea for Hibs to play a high ball against Hearts? Yeah. I Stop. thought it was a fair enough. But, I mean, we had to throw the kitchen sink out. We weren't uh, what, what did we have to lose? Long balls were just to the wrong people. Yeah. yeah. I've seen long balls getting shelled at Riordan when he was up against Zaliuka, so it's nothing new to me. Yeah. Uh, Haley says, was the winners of last night's Player of the Year who you would have voted for? Again, we'll talk about that next week, Haley, but a great question. Uh, Jack Hibbs has said, opinions on the fight at full time? A lot of time for it. I love it. That's what Darby's are all about. I've got nothing. I, I, I can't stand on the people on the radio going against it. John Hughes was uh, completely and utterly against it, but deep down I know exactly how he truly felt seeing that <laughs> scrap. Yep. So I'm all for it, and I've got a lot of time for how Rocky and CJ handled themselves, considering what Rocky's been through since he's been at Hibs and how short CG's been now. Yeah. 
for sure. Uh, moving on to Instagram, you can get us over there at the Hedge Ramble, just the same as our Twitter handle. Uh, Amy has said we should have won today. I completely agree. I thought we should have. I thought we should have beat Hearts as well. Um, Rudy Mulvey has said the opportunity was practically given to us. Poor substitutions, which maybe comes down to the squad depth. Big window needed, but I guess it's a step in the right direction, as Marshall said. I think he's spot on there, to be honest. I think it's a very good observation, that. I think we are all Rudy Mulvey at this moment yep. in time. Uh, Cal McDonald, one of the serial question askers on Instagram. He loves a question on Instagram. Uh, he says, number one, what signings would you recommend for Hibs to sign? I think that could also be chucked in the next, week, next week's yeah. podcast with a little bit of research. Yeah, we will. Uh, number two, how much do you think Nizzy will go for? With a year left on his deal? Three I'd be three. happy with two and a half, three. Yeah, three I reckon we'll get. He's a goal scorer, so his, his price is already going to be at a premium. Back in the Scotland squad today as well. Exactly. Well done, Kevin, if you're listening. You're probably not, but if you are... Just, just quickly, me. right, just on this bit going down, do you think someone like a Leicester should take a punt on him, considering how many players are going to leave Leicester? 100%. Yeah. Because I was thinking that today. I think that would be a smart move for Leicester. A Millwall or something's no good for Millwall had their, their season in the spring, like last year. Like They're going to be back to sitting in the middle middle arse of fucking the championship. Yeah, absolutely. Someone, Plus, why would you want to play for a Millwall? Them, a Southampton even, that have went down. Um, maybe one of the other teams, like a Coventry, who done really well last season. I think Coventry will, will tail off He needs again. to make sure that the move that he makes, the team are going in the right direction in regards to playing the right level of football for yeah. him. But he also needs to make sure that he's going to be guaranteed the minutes. Like, it'd be all well and good for saying, oh, go down to Leicester. But realistically, if James, if Jamie Vardy doesn't go, then is he really going to get a team over Vardy? Probably not. It's more Ian Acho and Harvey Barnes and that that will probably be moving on. Vardy will probably stay there <clears> anyway. I reckon Harvey Barnes. I don't think he could make the Premiership, but I do think he could carve a sort of Ross McCormack style career for himself in the Championship. Yeah, yeah. He just he maybe goes between teams, but he just scores goals. Kind of like Ross McCormack, Dave Nugent, those kind of that kind of style of player. But he's he's almost in that weird place of being maybe a bit too good for the championship, but not good enough for the Premier League. Well, mm-hmm. Alexander Mitrovic was before he was good enough for the Premier League. Dwight Gale, another one player like that. Right. Next up, he says. Uh, Callum says we're so dominant throughout the game. Should we have been? Should we have been attacking more, or was that the most we could have done? I don't think we could have done any more. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think we were starting to run out of ideas by the end. Plus, Hearts were backs against the wall. Difficult to break down a team like that. Um, And he says, finally, question four. Surely it was Yuan's fault for the first goal. So is it his fault for not winning the game, or was that bound to happen? No. He's partially to blame for the goal, but he's not at fault for us not winning. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think there's a lot of different factors that, uh, that point towards us not winning. And I think that actually, oh no, I think we've got one more. Russell Lawrence has said, another chance gone, considering the points we could have conned out. Oh, sorry, I'm going to read this again. Another chance gone, considering the points we could have been conned out of, should have finished third easily. 
I think I've butchered that, but I think I think I, under, I understand what he's getting at. I think for me, if you look at the amount of dodgy calls with VAR and stuff like that, not including the fact that we only picked up a point against Dundee United, if you take all of that into consideration, we could have been sitting comfortably third if other things yeah. had went in our, in, in our favour. We'll all form for next week's deep dive. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Craig, wrap us up before your laptop dies. Yeah, that'll do us for this week, lads. Um, again, thanks so much for everybody's support throughout the season. It's been really, really appreciated. Me and Liam didn't know where this was going back in August, and now look at us like we've, like I say, we've got our own merch line now. Where, you know, we've developed a relationship with the club. You know, we've had a couple of the players on. Um, you know, we've got a really good relationship with Block Seven as well. We didn't really seem to get much, by the way. Of negative criticism for people listening either which is always a good sign <laughs> we actually got one we got one dm well, i think we? it was for a rangers fan on a on friday morning when we launched the i, I was laughing actually when we, when we launched the <laughs> the elite seven stuff and he said um oh, there was a hearts it. there was a hearts fan i don't know if this is the one that you're going on about there's a hearts fan that quoted it being like oh well that's another brand off my list or something like that. <laughs> i've seen that we've got an instagram dm that says how much is the new jumper i went 35 pound plus shipping mate he went okay thanks hearts are winning saturday way <laughs> 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 i was pissed off there man what a thing for that but no i uh, again, thanks to this Stjarnan guys for the work they've done with us. Oh, I've also I've been redlined on that it's Starna, not Stjarna, so we fucked that. Starna? Yeah, it's Starna. I've just literally been messaged by Mike about five minutes ago. All right, okay, so Starna. So start Is this why you're going to cut this out, Liam? Just cut this little bit out. No, I'm not going to cut this out. I'm not doing any editing tonight. Yeah. I'm not doing any editing. Thanks to them, and I, as always, thanks to everybody for listening, subscribing, liking, retweeting, sending questions, getting involved. Enjoy your week. We will not be away for the summer just yet. We'll be back next week with a proper, big, meaty, deep dive that will be for your listening pleasure. So thanks, everybody, again, for listening. If you still want, you've still got time on the, the pre-orders to go. So thehibsramble.com, get your orders in, and we will see you next week. See you later, Trips. Cheers. See you later. Bye.